0: learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case tea, and join us as we fellowship.
1: As I was thinking about this particular series and how we would go about talking about something that we have heard about so many times, talking about something that I believe is core to understanding who God is, core to understanding who we are in Christ, What? the cross means, what the birth of Christ means, what a relationship with God means. We must understand what God means when he says good. When God says something is good, when God says it's his goodness, and when we think about goodness, it's th- that's one of those uh, words that we can really get lost in translation with, right? It's a word that's really like not good enough, but just says it just right. It's kind of like when you try to describe something as good, um, there's a satisfaction in the word, but not quite. Like our vocabulary doesn't, yes, but then, but then there's a part of it that's like, yes, it is good. You know what I mean? It's like one of those mysterious words. And even when we use it as human beings, it's kind of like, you know, okay, how was that movie? It was good. It, it's a tonal thing, right? It was, it was good. Or it was good. we eating, eating something good or try a new restaurant. Most times we're using this word. And I found it interesting that God uses this word to describe himself. And the Bible uses this word to describe God. And from God's point of view, this word encapsulates his satisfaction. Now, the beautiful thing about when God says something is good is God is not just talking about it from a surface point of view. When God says something is good, God is talking about it as a finished product. God is talking about it from the place of it being whole, from the place of it lacking nothing. So even though we may perceive something as something that's good or good enough, if God stamps something as being good, whether we have realized it's fullness or not, from God's point of view, it is whole, it is full, it is complete. So I was trying to get us to think about um, God's definition of good and what is really good, right? What, What is goodness? Because in order for us to understand what good news is. We have to understand what God calls good so that we can see the goodness in the news that He's presenting to us. Now, I pray that as we go through this series and we talk about it from a spiritual point of view, we also talk about it from a natural point of view, that we don't anticipate more of a natural goodness than a spiritual goodness, right? God is trying to get us who are coming into knowing Him in a deeper way to focus more on the spiritual things. Because if anything that we've learned in this last couple of years is all the natural stuff is in flux. All the natural stuff that we would find and, and, and to, to bring us satisfaction, it don't even matter no more. I was thinking the other day, it was like, you know, as much as we like to dress up and, you know, look nice and I like to wear suits and all this other stuff, um, that's really become like not really a thing that much anymore because there's no real reason to wear one to go and walk around in your house unless you want to walk around in your house or go to the supermarket with a suit on you know what i mean it's, it's kind of like god has the priorities of everything has has changed and if your goodness or your perception of good or anticipation of hope is tied into things that are changing then you won't have a consistent hope and expectation for good things to come so if we were to be able to define goodness and define what God means when he says good, we gotta go to Genesis, right? We gotta go to the Bible and the first book of the Bible and the first chapter where it's first mentioned this word. God mentions this word first in Genesis. So let's go there and what I'd like to do is kinda go through the first chapter of Genesis, look at the creation story here, see and pull out some things about uh, goodness, what that is, and then as we go along in the next few weeks, we're gonna tie it into Christmas and the gospel and where God wants us to be. And prayerfully, our anticipation and our perspective on how to find the goodness in everything. And that's the theme, like we just came out of that with the gratitude series. Like that series ends, but God still wants us to live that thing for the rest of our lives. So this is kind of like a offshoot of that as we begin to go on to the to the next year. So we can go to Genesis 1. Start at the first verse, and then I'll start to jump around, and I I want us to kind of hear what leads up to when God uses the word good here. Okay, so the Bible says, Genesis 1, in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless, void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while the wind from God swept over the face of the water. This is the New Revised Standard Version. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from darkness and God called the light day and darkness. He called night and there was evening and there was morning the first day. Okay. So this is where we first see in the biblical text, the word good come up and the word good is attached to something that is whole and complete. God's assessment of him creating the world. God's assessment of the light that he created. His assessment was it that he saw it and that he saw that it was good, right? So there's a couple things here that I want to help us to kind of focus on. Goodness has to be seen in order to be appreciated. Goodness in itself is something that's experienced. It's seen in order to be appreciated. So what that speaks to is God is really dealing with what we see and how we see it in order for us to recognize and call it what it is. is very important and I really feel like God is really pressing this here. We are being bombarded right now with everything to see and the temptation for us to judge, to set a tone for our life, to make preconceived ideas, very based on what we see. Now, what we see and how we interpret what we see is based on what we've experienced, right? So we talked about the whole posture of gratitude. I hope you can see how this connects. And that if your posture is that of ingratitude, then that's gonna affect your perception of what is actually good. Now, the, the heartbeat scripture of this series is, I would have fainted unless I had believed To see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So what keeps you hopeful, whether we want to admit it or not, is your belief in the fact that you're going to be able to recognize God's goodness while you're alive. Now, God's goodness is potent enough to permeate our horrible situations. So obviously, the psalmist is saying, if I believe to see God's goodness, that means I'm going to have to do some recalibrating sometimes of my mindset, of my eyesight, of my experience. I'm going to have to go back and rejudge, and re-examine some stuff that I've been through in my life in order for me to interpret it as good. Because when God created everything, he saw that it was good. So there's goodness in everything. There's God's goodness in everything that we experience. So therefore, there must be God's goodness in everything that we anticipate. Easier said than done. Right, that's not something that's easily done. So, God saw the light and he saw that it was good. Verse five, God called the light day and I did it. Verse six, and God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome and it was so. And God called the dome sky and there was evening and morning the second day. Nine. And God said, let the waters underneath the sky be gathered together into one place and let dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that he gathered together were called seas. And God saw that it was good. Right? Now, I'm not gonna go through the whole chapter, but I encourage you to read it. I think this is probably one of the most exciting and revelatory chapters in the Bible, because in the context of how God deals in our lives and how he creates and organizes things, that when God pronounces goodness on it, that means it has within it everything it needs. Now, if you look at Genesis one here, and I'm I'm saying this for a reason, when you look at Genesis one here, you'll see by the time God pronounces his goodness, it's the last thing he says, prior to everything that is involved with his preparation for it to be labeled as good. So the land comes from underneath the water and the vegetation and the plants were already in the earth when he created it. So when he, by the time he says the earth was good, seeds was already in there. Plants were already in there. This is how God made you, right? When God pronounced you good and he said that you were good, meaning that you were whole, you were complete, you were made in the fullness of his image, Everything that you need to be good is already in you. And when I say good, this is not talking about behavior. This is talking about your finishedness. This is talking about your completeness, your wholeness. And when we can see why, we're always fought with depression and fought with anxiety and fought with fear and fought with all this stuff, fought with insecurity. We went through that series, fought with all these things. Why? Because God has pronounced his goodness over you before you even realize it. And the forces that fight your future are going to constantly seek to undermine the truth that God speaks to you. So now, if you're in a place of feeling depressed or feeling less than God has called you, then it's going to be pretty hard for you to anticipate God's goodness in the future. It's going to be pretty hard for you to distinguish what God called you and what God has planned for you. God wants us to really focus on, okay. It's my goodness. It's my good news. And my good news for you may entail something physical. It may entail a whole change of life. It may entail a relocation. It may entail, it just may may be a breakthrough and a miraculous year for you. But are you leading with that sentiment? Because if if you're leading with that sentiment, then come June, July, August, September, here we go again, trying to search for something to make you feel like God is good or make you feel like something good is getting ready to happen. God doesn't want us to chase highs. He doesn't want us to chase things. He wants us to be at a level of understanding and unwavering security in who he is and his plan for our life. So verse 12, the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding, seeds of every kind and trees bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw it, and he labeled it good. Jump down to 17. Talking about the stars now. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and the night, and to separate the light from darkness. God saw that, and it was good. Notice, God is calling the function good. God is calling the whole thing good. It's not just, okay, one star is here. That's pretty good. Like God labeled the whole thing good. So when He gives you something, it's already good. And the goodness here connotates a holiness, a purity, a righteousness that is from God's point of view. So when God says good news is coming, the first thing that that meets us with is it meets us with what we deem would be good news. Like, is what God says good news, good news to you? Is what God saying, I have prepared for you, good news? you. I think about our, you know, recent life change and us leaving the comforts of home and coming down to North Carolina where we've never been before and picking up our family and coming out because we believe that God had a good plan for us. Now to God, listen, this is good news. I got something for you. I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for you. And I'm calling it a good plan for you, right? I know the plans that I have for you, right? I they they have thoughts of good and not yeah, evil. See, there's that prevailing thing. Whenever God talks about us and talks about a plan, there's a goodness attached to it because he's good, right? But our interpretation of that goodness is what allows us to participate in the good parts of it. And if we're not on the same wavelength as God, we won't see the goodness that he has planned. So going back to our life, like, you know, uh, was it easy? No. No. Was it always good? No, it didn't feel like it. I mean, who, who would have thought, like, if, if God would have told us, okay, listen, it's time for y'all to go, okay? You're going to get ready to go. You're going to find a place. You're going to get settled in. But shortly after that, I'm going to allow the world to get shut down. And you're going to go out there, and you're not going to really be able to settle in fully because you're going to have to shelter in. But I want you to go because I have a good plan for you. In what world, in what world would anybody agree to that and interpret that as good at all? So a lot of times when we think about God's goodness, a part of his goodness is the fact that he don't tell us everything. A part of his goodness is that, okay, you have to go through this because there's a greater purpose. Notice, if God says he has a good plan, good, Interpreted from God's point of view, as we said before, is the fullness of the completed thing. So while we are going through this process together, live and in color in front of y'all, going through this whole process, as you are going through your whole process, to God, it's already good. Because God's plan is completed in our future. See, God is not confined by time, right? When God says something, it's already done. We're confined by time, so we have to actually live out and experience God's God goodness on the way. But from God's point of view, we are who he's designed us to be. We're just living this life to come into that realization and agreement with God for his plan for our life. So I oftentimes think about, and even as I was meditating on you know, the whole concept of goodness and what good news is, and considering you know, the origin of good, even in our own situation, is that for years, God had us in an environment where He was cultivating in us who we are becoming. And all the times that we were, you were singing and I was ministering and even growing up and being different and, and, and being the, the church boy and, you know, the girl from church and all that, you know, and everything that came with that, because it wasn't always roses, to be honest with you, right? But even in going through all of that, and even you in your own personal life and personal situation, being able to recognize God's goodness throughout all of that is understanding that God's goodness, he wants that to be uh, the fruit of the life that you've decided to sacrifice for him. So goodness is a two-way thing with God. Goodness is meant to be experienced by you and by those who experience you. And notice this in the creation story. Yeah, Yeah, God created everything here and it was good to him. But because it was good to him, it's supposed to be experienced as goodness to us. And every detail that God has made, the family you came from, whether you had a father or not, you know, what you've been through in your life, what your predispositions are, what your struggles are, what your voice sounds like, what your frame looks like, where your family's descent is from, all that stuff were little intricate details that God has put together to express his goodness for you to experience, but also for people to experience God's goodness from what he's allowed you to go through. So God is really trying to define here for us, you know, the origin of goodness and understanding where goodness begins. Goodness begins with God and goodness begins with God's intentions towards us. God has good intentions for you. That's a very underrated statement. The psalmist said, I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of God while I'm alive. While I'm going through, I anticipate and I believe that I'm going to experience God's goodness while I'm alive, when it matters. When I need it most, God is going to, and I believe, see, this is the thing, right? God is going to do it, but you have to believe it in order to see, right? Right? It's like he had to believe to see so so and notice this like this climate right now is fighting your belief to see. There ain't no God please this is just whatever just living our lives just trying to be happy just trying to do whatever we do. God is challenging us as we come to the ends of this year right the anticipation needs to come from him and not from what we've been seeing the goodness of God is so uh, pertinent to our security in God, to our understanding of the heart of God towards us. It is impossible to understand salvation, to understand forgiveness, to understand overcoming condemnation, to being able to forgive yourself, to be able to be kind to people, to even be grateful without the context of God's goodness towards us that has nothing to do with us, but everything to do with who God is. Secondly, like we said before, good is not a byproduct, it's an end result. So a lot of times, and like I was saying about us in our situation, it, sometimes life gets so hard that it's very easy to just pronounce a situation as a bad situation. It's very easy to look at your life and say, this is not good. So. My anticipation for anything good. I haven't experienced anything good in my past. So why would I anticipate something good in the future? Right. Right? I mean, it's all it's, it's been all frustration. It's every time I take two steps forward, I'm taking five steps back. What's the use? What's the point of all this? And when we do that, God is saying, You're only taking a snapshot. You're judging my goodness based on. A few ins- instances that you've experienced in your life and those instances remember god is eternal right so those instances even if it's 10 years of non-stop heartache is a snapshot compared to eternity you can have a life that and we, we how many stories have we heard you know we watched um what's that movie with will smith in it remember that movie what was it a pursuit of happiness mm-hmm. right pursuit of happiness and i don't know if y'all saw that movie it's an old one but Thinking about, like, how people struggle. And some of us can relate. Like, we've just been struggling, man. We've just been trying to make it, just trying to do it. And, And in that context, God is still saying, I'm good. God's still saying, your heart should still say, I would have fainted unless I believed to see. I would have despaired unless I believed to see. See, God represents an undying hope for goodness. God being in your life, you coming to a realization of God's presence in your life is an instant injection of a good future. But the goodness is not based on our interpretation or personal perception of goodness. We must graduate to a level of seeing God and his goodness and having that permeate our sight so that we can experience it. Good is not a byproduct, it's an end result. So when God saw what was good, it was already operating at its fullest potential. So God, when he sees you, he sees you already operating. And, he, and From his eternal lens, he sees you operating in your fullest capacity. He sees you healed and whole. That's how God sees you. This is why we can pray and grab hope from the future, because to God, it's already done. So you're not, you're not just aimlessly grabbing something that is not complete. We we, we did the prayer series. Look, Lord, your will be done on earth as it's already done in heaven. When God's formed something, it's complete. When God makes something, it's complete. From the moment that you came through the birth canal, you was already complete in God. But the point is we have to find God to find our completeness. So our anticipation of goodness is so tied to our relationship with God, that without cultivating a relationship with God, it's gonna be very difficult for us to recognize it. Because in order to anticipate it, you have to be able to see a track record. The last point that I kind of wanted to talk about, and we'll talk about more this next week and how that ties into Christmas too, is we all know the creation story. And if you read the creation story, you see how much detail God put into creating a world that we would enjoy. He put a lot of effort into creating a representation of his goodness and a representation of his ability to provide for us on autopilot. I want you to think about that. When God created the earth, and he created the trees, and he created the animals, and he, cre- he had us in mind. And everything that we understand about nature and don't understand about nature, he had us in mind. He knew by creating a tree, one day it would mean furniture. Right? He he knew when he created Turks and Caicos and the Caribbean islands. He knew when he made that water blue like that, it would be a place for us to find reprieve. Think about that. Think about that. When God created the gardens, he knew that one day we was going to make amazing salads. He knew that we were going to be able to creatively create cuisines. This is how God started. But it all started, and it was good then, because God knew what it would be for us. So God's like, okay, you know what? Listen, now let's let's take that and put that in your own life right now, right? Put, Put yourself in my frame of thinking when you're thinking about your trials and situations and things that are not convenient. Understanding that everything that I have made, I was thinking about you. And my intentions for you were always good. And that's why good news is coming. That's why every day of our lives, we need to be living in anticipation of God's goodness because when God started it all, we were on his mind. And the things that we have not experienced yet and the things that we have not been able to understand yet and the trials that we're going through and loss of jobs and the failing health and all this other stuff, you cannot forget that God's original purpose for you was goodness and he put it in the earth and he put it in people and he put it in those who would be connected to us before we would even be able to unlock it. So how do we experience that? How do we move in those places? We have to constantly believe that we're going to see God's goodness. Why? Because number one, we have the word of God as a frame of reference. You don't got to go past Genesis. Matter of fact, every theological principle, you can pull everything from Genesis one. The story of Christmas, the cross, the revelation, eternity, heaven, all this other stuff is right here in this chapter right here. These first three, two, three chapters in Genesis, if God gives you a revelation of his heart towards mankind, you'll understand what good news is. You'll understand the gospel. You'll understand God's call on your life. It's all right here. But it's the lens that we're looking at it from. God wants us to change our lens. Can we change our lens at the end of this year, going into next year? Can we change our lens and our, our anticipation? Can we switch the glasses on and switch? Let's, let's dust off you know, how we see and interpret everything. That's what God is saying. And I can feel him like wooing over us. Society and everything that you're seeing is trying to make itself bigger than me. It's trying to make itself louder than me. It's trying to make itself more real than me. I can feel God saying that. And if my people can only trust me again, if they can only put their faith in me again, not get distracted by all the noise. Not get distracted by everything that's going on right now. Good news is coming. Good news is coming. Good news is coming. Good news is coming. I want that to get in your spirit. Like I want you to get excited, not just about, oh, yeah, this pandemic is going to be over. That's great news. No. Good news from God's heart is coming towards you. Good news that you're going to have peace good news that you're not going to be struggling in your mind. Because why? Not because the temptations are not going to be there, but because your perspective has changed. And now you're able to see the same room in a different light. Be able to look at your family differently, your relationships differently. Good news is coming. God is really calling us and moving us into an anticipation of his goodness that we will see and experience in our everyday lives. Psalms 145 and 9. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all he has made. The Lord is good to all. See, I mean, that, that's, that has nothing to do with you, right? Like, you can't, you can't earn that. That's just a general, like, mercy is a general luxury that God gave everything he made. That's Just think about that How many times you try to earn people's favor Earn people's goodness Do all this other stuff to make people like you God's goodness is over all that he made His mercy is over all that he made So the first thing we gotta do As we kind of bring this first part to a close Is change how we see God sees us And may we open up our hearts sincerely To a continued uh, devotion to God to a continued genuine appreciation for salvation, for what it means, for what Christ has done for us.
0: Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this day that you have set aside for us, God, that you have already put thank in you. place. We thank you because uh, you have called this good. You have called us good. Thank you. We are your creation and you've called it good. You've already declared it. And we thank you for that, God. We pray, God, that uh, in the coming week and uh, just in, in the coming days that we will set our minds and our eyes on what you've said is good and we will take on your vision. Yes, we Lord. will see what you've already said is good and we will call it good. Mm. It's not enough for you to call it good, but Lord, help us to call it good. Yes. I pray God that you would give us eyes and ears to recognize what you say is good, what you what what you put in before us in places already good. Give mm. us those eyes, give yes. us those ears, O oh God, and give us a heart and a mind to believe, mm. so that we will not faint, mm. and we will see the goodness of you in the land of the living, yes. God. I pray, God, that you will continue to bless us, God, in every capacity of our life, God, as we set our, our affections on you and our life for your purpose and your glory, that you will continue to bless us. I pray, God, that you will continue to grant us the grace to endure things that have not changed and will not change. I pray you continue to give us the mercy when we fall short of the calling that you've placed for us, God. I pray, God, that you would continue to give us the favor to obtain the things we cannot on our own. And as we approach the season, God, especially God, help us to recognize the goodness of not just the gifts and, and the celebrations and, and what mm. we experience with each other, but Lord, help us to truly recognize and acknowledge the goodness of you. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And that good news not only is coming, but has already come. Mm. The good news of your son. Amen. We thank you and thank we praise you, God, now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before you go, we'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, we shall be saved. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I recognize and acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your grace. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn away from my sins and ask you to forgive me and save me. I make you Lord of my life. If you made this life-changing decision, welcome to the family. We want to know about it. Connect with us online at www.thelifehouseministries.org or by downloading the LifeHouse app. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.